0: Hi everyone, I'm Maya Fleming and you're listening to Gentler, a podcast about post-grad life, adulthood, and self-care. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Gentler chat. Today I am talking with Emily Zhuang. She is a fellow podcaster, um, also just graduated, experiencing new postgrad life working a nine to five and running multiple businesses in the background that I think are pretty cool and align with her passions and that's my favorite part. We talked all about post-grad expectations versus reality, um, balancing your life, juggling a million things and finding satisfaction and kind of shifting and aligning with your next phase of life. So I'm so excited for you all to hear this conversation. Um, stay on the lookout because I was on her podcast and that will be going up soon as well, the What Fulfills You podcast. I totally suggest you all go check that out. It's super cool. And let's go ahead and get into this conversation. Thank you so much, Emily, for being here. How are Thank you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Pretty good. It's been a crazy week, as I'm sure everyone can imagine, but yeah, Yeah. It's- <laughs> I'm trying to like find ways to settle down, um, but I want to give you a chance to let the audience know who you were and talk a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so my name is Emily Duong. I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, but I currently live in Southern California, Orange County to be specific, and um, I graduated from Chapman University last May 2019, so just about a year ago. And uh, today, I work in sales, I do business consulting, um, and then I also run my own e-commerce business where I design figure skating dresses, and my background in that is um, from my competitive figure skating years. So I was a competitive figure skater for 12 years, and when I went to college, it was kind of when I shifted into being a professional skater and coach, Um, but yeah, that's kind of the main things I do today, as well as my own podcast, blog, um, and so forth.
0: Yeah, and we'll have everything linked in the show notes as well. I just want to say, I, I don't even know how I came across it, but I stumbled upon, like, your figure skating outfit Instagram. Oh and I was boy. like, this is so cool. Like, I, like, I danced <laughs> and stuff, but I never had the idea to, like, sell costumes or unitaries unif- uh, and all that, leotards. I can't think of the word, but, yeah, yeah. But that was so cool. And, like, like a random thing, but, like, also just, like, a great way for you to kind of follow a passion of yours and all that and that's like great financial self-care so thank yeah. you so much for sharing all that I want to ask I've been asking everyone what is you, what is self-care looking for you looking like for you right now and I'm sure like there's are different things because we're under quarantine and all that but mm-hmm. what kind of things do you kind of return to time and time again
1: Yeah, I'd say my top one is just taking physical care. So I'd say like something about fitness or just being physically active. I think just, you know, you know, with most of us being inside and whether it's in an apartment or a house all day, you know, it gets kind of boring and we get kind of in our own heads and so I think just being able to go outside on a walk or you know just getting a nice workout in um, you know whether that's a run or maybe just doing some Pilates at home things like that that has been just huge for both my mental and physical self-care obviously just maintaining activity and movement but also I think you know when you work out the endorphins are there um, just like the feeling good aspect of doing it after has just, you know, been my number one self-care routine. So I'd say that's probably my go-to. Nice.
0: I am trying my best to get more into working out. I, I don't know what it's going to take for me personally, but I'm getting it as a goal. Um, I also, we can go ahead and kind of direct into the episode, but you mentioned that you graduated last year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did too. So this first year of like post-grad has been interesting. And I'm just interested in hearing like how it's been for you, what your experience has been, Mm -hmm. if it's anything like mine has been all over the place.
1: So I'm just like, I'll I'll let you take it away. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the post-grad life is certainly different than what I'm sure most of us know with college. But For me, it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, You know, I, when I graduated last May, I knew that I wanted to take the summer for myself, take a few months of traveling, just, you know, taking it all in before working nine to five and kind of, you know, getting, you know, the just working hard kind of thing. And so I started working uh, my nine to five job back in November And uh, since then, it's just been pretty consistent. You know, it's a matter of just working nine to five, getting my workouts in, um, still balancing my podcast, blog, um, my e commerce business, and so forth. So it's been a a mix of consistent and steady, but also a little bit of chaoticness with realizing like this is not me submitting a homework it's like I work in sales for example so that it it does have a quite a bit of stress with it in terms of like selling deals and closing deals and so forth and so I think that in itself has been a little bit crazy but um, aside from The career aspect i think just keeping up with the the socialization and and keeping up with close friends that's been nice just seeing my friends being in memphis tennessee new york different cities it's it's nice to kind of see all of us growing and staying in touch through facetime
0: (laughs) yeah that's really cool um my friends all just happen to stay in the same area like i'm in the dc Mm -hmm. area um so with quarantine we've all had to get used to like the facetime google hangout like situation and it's definitely been weird to me but I guess you know this is part of life like at some point we're all gonna pick up our things and move to separate places and Mm -hmm. it's just helping to get ready for that um what were like some of the biggest adjustments that you had to make going from not even like college life to nine to five life but like you said you took some time off to like travel and all that what were some of the biggest adjustments you had to make whenever you were transitioning in a nine to five life
1: Yeah, I'd say the biggest um, adjustment was simply getting into the routine of having the same thing um, every day, Monday through Friday. I think with college, you know, some days were different because you might have had a certain class on Monday, Wednesday, maybe Friday or just Tuesday and Thursday, depending how you did your schedule. Mm -hmm. So I think that was something I had to adapt Mm -hmm. to was just learning to uh, wake up at 6.30 every day, 6 to 6.30 every day, be in the office by 8.00. Um, you know, do my thing, get into the routine of that. So I think that was the biggest adjustment. But um, I'd say because senior year of college, I made a mindful decision to try to live as if I was going to be working nine to five already. Like senior year of college, I woke up at seven every day, just trying to mimic a little bit of a nine to five life, trying to, you know, fit everything in like the way I would kind of after college. I think because of that, it helped the transition feel very normal like it helped like it it really felt almost the same it's just now i don't go to school i just go to work
0: i love that because
1: mm-hmm. i i've never thought about doing that but what i'm hearing essentially
0: is you kind of doing a mindset shift and kind of acting as if and doing all that and that's something that i talk about a little bit on the show already but i think that's really cool like finding like tangible ways you can act because i think that whole idea of acting as if kind of gets lost in a lot of us because we don't know, like, you know, we've never had that amount of money in our bank account that we're trying to manifest. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what that person would do, but there's so many small actions you can take, whether it's waking up in the morning at the time you would, whenever that happened. And I think it all involves kind of really thinking about what life would look like at the next, next stage. So did you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time kind of visualizing that and thinking about like, okay, like this is what's going to happen for me at this stage like how did how did you go about that without knowing exactly what you were going to be doing or did you know already that you wanted to do sales
1: Yeah so I definitely didn't know I wanted to do sales but I kind of just assumed that one way or another especially because I wanted to ensure that I got some sort of I guess, corporate experience, even though I personally feel like it's not going to be for me in the long run, I still wanted to experience it just so I know what it's like, what the grit takes, because there's been many days where I'm like, I don't want to be working right now, especially during quarantine, because being yeah. in sales <laughs> and calling people and emailing people from home, it's not the same as when I get to meet the clients in person, which is typically my usual activity. So um, I'd say I, I just kind of envisioned like, even if i wasn't working a corporate job and let's say i was fully working for myself which is i think most likely the end goal um kind of seeing maybe towards like 25 26 after my experiences i want to shift into working for myself i figured that i would still maintain a similar routine by like waking up at you know a six to seven o'clock time frame working out in the morning or like working out, you know, after work kind of thing. And I I figured like regardless of what I'm doing, whatever job it is, I will still have a similar schedule and still keep up the balance and um, I guess like regimen of having workouts and self-care and cooking and, you know, all those things that I'm going to incorporate in my life regardless.
0: Nice. I really like that. Um, Are you someone who typically like work, work, works and then you're like okay I'm hitting burnout like this is not sustainable or do you find that um you have you naturally keep things pretty balanced because I'm asking like because for me I typically will just go 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 until I have to stop and I've had to put mm-hmm. specific strategies in place um but I'm realizing some people aren't like that which is beyond me but um mm-hmm. I'm interested like how how do you usually identify yourself
1: yeah, I would, you know, it's funny. I used to be very much go, go, go as well and always working. And And i still say that I apply the same energy during my working hours now. And I, I won't say like I work eight to five, even though I'm supposed to be working eight to five from home. But I found that it's more strategic to break up my day in certain chunks and apply that crazy energy into those maybe four hours that I'm working, which will still produce the same eight-hour workday results. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a firm believer in that. And then, you know, again, being physically active because I grew up as an athlete is so important to me because that's just how my body feels normal. And it, it, it reflects in my energy and just my skin and, you know, it just trickles down. So I think I make sure that I'm not overcompensating and putting all my hours and eggs into just work and making sure that, I can still produce the results I want in all of my work, podcast, blog, everything. Um, But also make sure I, in order to do that, I have to incorporate self-care and I have to incorporate, incorporate everything that means a lot to me. Um, Even if it's just like essential oils and putting on like lavender and eucalyptus, like in my Retruvi, like that kind of thing. So um, I think that's how I've been able to kind of keep balance, but still maintain a lot of um, focus and discipline during that time I dedicate to working.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I totally um, go along with the time block, block structure as well, like kind of, you know, I could spend nine to five working like at 50% because mm. I'm tired and bored and all that, or I could do a shorter period and be at like 90, 95% or 100%, whatever, you know, just what's going to be more beneficial so I think that's a really great way of looking at it and you know certain times of the day I want to work on the podcast more and certain times of the day are more suited towards my nine-to-five work just depending on what's going on so I agree like sometimes you gotta figure out just the best times for you. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you keep yourself on track as far as goals and stuff go? How do you how do you typically go about setting goals?
1: I used to be very adamant about writing them down, like, on a certain basis and whatnot, Um, I think quarantine kind of threw me off on that regimen a bit. But I'd say lately I've been going back to just simply writing out, like, monthly goals and then just, like, long-term visions. So I typically like to envision my my goals over like a year span, but then break it down into months as well. Or, you know, I don't try to go so micro and be like, okay, what's the goal for this week? Unless it's very something that I am very focused on for that week. Maybe it's because I'm launching something or I'm doing something so specific for that week. But typically I try to make a goal where I can see a progress over a month. And that can be anything from career oriented or just even like a fitness you know, routine when quarantine was happening. I know many of us, including myself, We were a little bit off the routine. We were a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say lazy, but just rather wanted to just just take time to like lay down on the couch and watch Netflix or whatever, right? So I think after that, I was like, okay, I want to, my goal is to go back to the normal ways that I was doing like four to five times a week, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. And so I just made that as a simple goal, like for the month of May, like return to four, four workouts a a week. And then I wrote in the bullet notes, how am I going to do that? Okay, I'm going to just schedule ahead. I'm going to, you know, book classes or go on a run on these days, stuff like that. So I think that's how I've been able to make goals, but then also execute on them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's, um, that's a really great strategy, just breaking things down a little bit, but not to the point where you can't see the changes. I know sometimes Mm -hmm. I have a hard time recognizing that small steps are still steps and I have to keep reminding mm-hmm. myself that so I can push myself much forward if I can see like a distinct change from the starting point to where I am currently um so I love that being able to break down a larger goal um month to month I think that's a really good strategy um so at this point what has been like your most important uh, career advice I stuck with you now that you've gone through like a year of post-grad life we hear things all the time but Mm -hmm. now that you've lived the the life for about a year what do you think was like the most important piece that you received
1: yeah I'd say for me personally um I can't think of like a specific career advice that I've been given Mm -hmm. so far. I think maybe because I started very early in my career as well. Like I started my business when I was 17. Like I started on eBay and then when I was like 2021, I made my own website and then eventually I uh, reached out to stores um, worldwide and now I'm in stores globally. So I think um, for me, like my personal advice though in career-wise and for those who are maybe going to graduate soon or maybe are just recently graduated is to be willing and open to any experience because I think something I didn't realize like for me I'd say if I were to look back at my thoughts on a year ago I, I was very open to working corporate, but I definitely was like, I don't really want to, but I'm going to do it because I think it's going to be worth the time for me to learn how to like stick it through, know what it's like, like to wake up on the days you don't want to. Like, I think it's such an experience. It's not just like the job itself, but it's just like such an experience that I didn't know. And to the point I created such amazing relationships with my coworkers that they are the people that became my best friends, like the people that I got lunch and dinner with, um, even on the weekends when, especially because all my friends now live in different cities outside of Southern California. So that was hard for me. And I didn't realize that I would create such incredible relationships with people at work that they would become the people that I'm texting and that I'm talking about life stuff with. So I think it's just very important in whatever industry you're going in is just to be open to that experience and be willing to put in the effort And I think something else too is like even on your off days, something I always remind myself is that I always want to be exceptional at everything I do. Even if I'm just, you know, uh, stapling papers or grabbing someone coffee, I don't care what position I'm in. I want to do it at an exceptional level and we, our brain and our perspective will always dictate the way we you know, present, the way we come off to other people, the way we, our day happens. So I always just remind myself today is a good day because I woke up. Like it doesn't, you know, I think so many people are like, oh, I had a bad day at work today. I always just tell myself because I woke up today, it's already a great day. And you bring that energy into your, into your career, into your work, and it reflects and trickles down into everything else. So I think that's just like a culmination of my um, tidbits of advice and what I've learned in the past couple months.
0: Yeah, and I would agree. Like, I'm not someone who wants to be in the corporate world for life. Um, but I think doing it, at least for a year or two or even three years, like, you you start to gain some of these systems that mm-hmm. will be necessary for you to do whatever side project. It, From my experience, from my experience I know, mm-hmm. like, knowing who I am, like, it also takes a lot of pressure off. Like, I'm able to work on Gentler and not be stressed out and frazzled, like, okay, how am I going to make this podcast, pay my rent, and, like, all my other bills. Yep. like, I can fall back on my nine-to-five check and still do good work, and because I'm not so stressed out about making either one stretch beyond boundaries or anything, I'm able to do so much better work, because I can just focus in so much more on gratitude and just appreciating the opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and recognizing. The different facets that it can be I'm not sure like what the exact like makeup of your job position and everything are but I know for my particular job like there's the position description that I read and all that and I agreed to but like having been on the job like I see so many other opportunities that I can fit myself in, in my expertise and even on days where I'm like oh I can't wait to like get out of this I have to remind myself like there's so many other things I can do not even just to like Make myself seem better, but make it feel better for me as well. And just make Mm -hmm. it more worthwhile for me because like you said, there's some days I do not want to wake up. I don't wanna have to sit on the train for an hour to get to work and all that. And I'm like, I'd much rather be at home and I don't know what I'm gonna do when we get the call back to go back to work at the end of all this, but Mm -hmm. I'm gonna figure it out. But at the end of the day, it's all still like adding to what I wanna become later. So that Mm -hmm. that's always gonna be be a huge benefit for me I um agree
1: more <laughs>
0: yeah like it's just it's, it's one of those things i feel like
1: i'm mm-hmm. interested
0: as well like do you know your enneagram
1: type i do i am an eight wing seven okay interesting
0: mm-hmm. i'm a How three about i'm a three okay
1: um, it's, yeah. it's funny a lot of people i meet especially in the podcasting world are typically threes and so yeah. many people always are surprised that i'm not a three as well and i've seen and i have gone three as like my second strongest one um, but after I've taken it like twice or three times so far, I do resonate with eight more. And I and think the key piece is like the individualism part mm. of eight. I heard that someone was like, oh my gosh, like, you don't seem like an eight though. Like you're not feisty. And it's funny because I, I guess eight apparently are sometimes known to be feisty or something, but I think they are, from what I saw, they are known to be like people who challenge the norm. And I think that resonates with me so well, but I probably do in a very different way like way than maybe a classic like challenger would do it as but um it's the individualism part and like doing something that really fulfills me not just to be quote-unquote successful so I think that's Mm -hmm. that's probably the big part as to why I resonate with eight more than three
0: yeah I could see that for sure as a three like I have to check myself and recognize like okay this thing that you're stressing out about is it something that you actually want to do or is it something that seems like it will get like a lot of replies if you post on Instagram stories and like everyone's gonna be like (laughs) and I have to be honest with myself a lot of things I do I do because I can already like see the like just the the public um Mm -hmm. reply and all that stuff like I like I recently um did like an achievement and all that and it wasn't even anything I did it was just something that kind of happened honestly but just having all the text messages and all like the emails and the shares I'm like oh thank you I love this I'm like, my three is is dying right now thank you so much um do you typically look into any other um like personality tests and anything like that mm-hmm. personally I love them and I know in the corporate world like they're fairly popular mm-hmm. I think because people yeah. I try to manage people better
1: which uh-huh. ones do you, do
0: you look at the most
1: the other one is Myers Briggs, which mm-hmm. is a pretty common one. Um, I am an ENTJ. Do you happen to know yours? So
0: I love Myers Briggs and I take it. I try to take it at least every year, if not every mm-hmm. two years. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have flip flop. Before college, I was ESTJ all the time. Um, okay. And then after college, or after I started college, I switched to like ISTJ. I think it was just something about like just. Okay. And it's weird because I went to boarding school, so it wasn't like I was just suddenly around so many people. Um, but it's always, I, I do the 16 personalities test on that website, mm-hmm. so it shows you the percentages, and it's always yeah. like 51%, 49% extrovert, introvert. So I think it's just however I'm mm-hmm. feeling on the given day. Okay. Um, right now, I think last time I took it, it was. INTJ which was interesting because normally the only letters that switch are the first two I mean the first one yeah but yeah so that was
1: that was interesting oh, interesting okay yeah I actually know two people that are INTJ it's it's like kind of rare I, I heard ENTJ and INTJs are like a little on the rare side especially Ooh. like that kind of combination and, and I think being females as well Um. so yeah yeah <laughs>
0: I always, whenever they show you like the characters or, or like the celebrities that you match with, it's always to me, I guess, like the boring people. Like, not like,
1: <laughs>
0: not people I dislike, but never the people like starting and ha- like starting the fun. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that fits, it's fine. Do you ever look into like human design? I just started like looking into that recently.
1: Human design, you said?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not even sure if I'm familiar with it.
0: It's, I have no idea how to explain it like it's I I haven't wrapped my head around it fully um I found like a quiz online it was like what um what tv character are you based on your human design whatever I don't know what like what the thing is called but um I took it and you get like a body graph and it shows you like what type you are I think they're like four or five types and then it shows you kind of um what authority you are so whenever you're making decisions how you Mm. go about doing that and some people you know that's where we get like the gut reaction or like Mm. some people don't even have a gut reaction which was news to me like researching it a little bit more Um, I feel like I always like know inside like what step I should take and what move I should make and everything And some people don't have that and some people according to their authority should wait like 30 days before making any major decision which is like Mm. a little scary to me but like I feel like and they're the more rare type. So it's, it's cool to like think about. But that's another one that I've been looking into. But I, it's, it's so up in the air for me. Like I feel like I would need like a coach or somebody to walk me through it.
1: Oh, gotcha. But, okay, yeah. that's interesting.
0: Yeah. And speaking of coaches, I was wondering if you have um, – because I know you do business consulting and all of that. Have you mm-hmm. ever utilized coaches? Like would you suggest to people starting up brands and all that, that they should invest in a coach or at least some type of mentorship?
1: i would definitely recommend it so i don't have like an official mentor or coach myself but I do have a very, very close friend that I have known for about five, six years now that um, eventually did go into business coaching because he worked with um, others like David Meltzer and uh, similar coaches kind of in the industry. Um, But not only that, I always respected him and admired him a lot for his ability in sales and consulting and just kind of understanding business thinking as well as relationships and how to build relationships with people. So I've always been able to go to him um, and he's helped so much, not only in my nine to five job, but also just in getting an unbiased and outside perspective on anything um, that I was curious about, whether that was how to be more consistent in closing deals, like how, what is it that really draws people to say yes, things like that. Just for me, I love understanding how other people think and what I can do to improve not only the trajectory of the final decision, but also just like the conversation and how I build relationship, relationships with people. So he's someone that I go to all the time, even with like personal items like you know just relationships with other guys or like people in my life as well so um I think it's just great to have like that sounding board to go off of and have someone that's not really well connected in your physical environment to give you an unbiased opinion because he's actually back home where I'm from in Pennsylvania um so he you know doesn't really know of the relevant things that might have him give me a biased opinion and I think that's such a key thing is to have someone that can give you strategic advice but also on both personal and business level as well yeah I think that's
0: that's a really good good point and also just having someone who can help like I feel like when you're in it like you don't even mm-hmm know what's in front of you it's like stalks all around you and you just need someone who's slightly removed like you said to like help you walk through everything and then Mm -hmm. people with more experience as well like I was able to invest in a coach and I feel like that um even though it hasn't it wasn't like an extremely long-term relationship just Mm -hmm. the few sessions that I did have like gave me so much more direction and like Mm -hmm. able to set goals that were relevant Um, and be able to understand what those would be like, how many listens should I have on a podcast episode and how many sales Mm -hmm. is realistic that I should aim for? Like, what does that all look like? Just having someone who can help you. I think you can, you can sit on Google and like research and go through experience for so long, but you could really just skip a whole lot of stuff just by having some extra help. But even Mm -hmm. if you can't, I think like, you know, there are things like books and all of that, that you can read other people's experiences. Um, and I don't know if you are reading any books now or using any other resources like that. I would love to ask in a, in just a moment. Um, but I think I found like, even just reading like small pieces, like I've been loving Superfans um, by Pat Flynn. I don't know if you're familiar, but there's so many like mm-hmm. tips and just small tricks that can help people kind of expand wherever they're at. And you don't even have to go through that experience on your own. You can read some, life from someone else's mistakes. I think that's such mm-hmm. a, a powerful Um, tool that we can use are you using Mm -hmm. any like resources now that help with your career or business um, or anything like that
1: yeah I'm I'm a huge advocate for reading so um, I do love reading certain you know nonfiction books I think one of the best books that I have read that have impacted my life is Principles by Ray Dalio Um, he was the founder of a the largest hedge fund uh, Bridgewater Associates and I just think in this book when he talks about the principles that he applies in both work and life it just really clicked with me and it, it really shifted my mindset in how I can apply similar core principles into my own life in my relationships and in the workforce and um, I think that was just such a key way for me to understand how I can navigate my life when you know upon post-grad and how I'm going to navigate all three of them together so that was a great book for for me.
0: Yeah. So I want to ask, too, before we finish, um, Mm -hmm. what have been, like, I know we've talked about, like, recapping your first post-grad year and changes and all that, but what do you think have been the biggest challenges that have kind of stuck out, like, despite your best efforts this still keeps rearing this ugly head or still something that you're tackling right now?
1: 100% I'm going to say what I'm tackling right now is the feeling of, fulfillment in my career primarily my nine-to-five job right now um i have to say when i first started i loved it a lot and i actually still do but it's primarily because of the people like my coworkers and the guys on my team and um, i think that's why i always go back to realizing that no matter where we are the strength of our relationships is typically what is going to bring us that sustainable fulfillment and happiness in life. And I realized like without having that in-person connection with these co-workers of mine that have brought such a joy in the work that I do, it really made me like kind of uh, almost like go back to my old ways of thinking, okay, like I'm gonna start hopefully preparing to go off on my own um, sooner than later, which I don't think is an issue. I just think that that's something I'm kind of mentally tackling right now. It's like, okay, am I going to stay in this for how much longer? Um, am I going to try another nine to five job? Am I going to try to go fully remote so that I can do all these other things and maybe do something less, um, you know, less stressful than sales, maybe something that's a little bit more project based, um, because I'm also trying to move to New York city as well. So, uh, there's just so many of those factors in place now that I'm a year out and I'm like, okay, I love SoCal, but I want to go back to my East Coast roots for maybe two to three years. And then we'll see if I want to go back to California. And I think that's just what I'm tackling right now. It's just like figuring it out again, essentially, Um, which I think is, you know, we all go through it, but I think having conversations with people and just kind of being strategic about it and not just giving up too quickly. I think that's just kind of the key in making the best decisions in the long run.
0: Yeah, I I relate to that a lot. I remember mm-hmm. um, back in, like, last May before I graduated, I had these plans for what I wanted to do, and I knew in my heart that I needed to just stay on top of my goals and, like, recheck mm-hmm. in with, like, where I wanted to be because I felt like I'm someone who can get comfortable very easily, like, get comfortable with the idea that I'm making a paycheck and doing all of that. Um, but with COVID-19, there was a period where I wasn't sure if I was going to have a job after um, the school semester ended. And I think, I won't say it was a positive feeling at all, I wouldn't wish for it again, but I have such gratitude for it because it forced me to check back in with what I wanted and like, refigure things out and make sure I'm not getting comfortable. And it's a scary like thing, like, am I doing it right? And I, I don't know if you relate, but I feel like as young as I am, like having done a year now, it's like, oh my God, like, am I too, have I missed my chance? Like, am I too, like, to do whatever which makes no sense because I'm 23 but I don't know it's just it's been going through my mind lately so yeah I I I would agree wholeheartedly that that's like a a struggle that that's lasting like not knowing not being able to really like attach like a great deal of fulfillment to your nine to five especially whenever Mm. you have and I think a lot of times that's what spurs us to start like the other things and do all yeah. of that. So then you just become more and more restless. Cause you're like, Oh my God, like, I just want to be able to work on this thing full time and only focus on it. I love this. And I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: being able to balance that and also making sure that once you do have the opportunity to take that other thing full time, it doesn't lose the magic and it doesn't mm-hmm. become your new nine to five. Like, mm-hmm mentality-wise, I think, you know, those are some small stresses that I deal with, but, you know, issues that come with the territory. So where can people find you online?
1: Yeah, so I am on Instagram at Emily E. Duong, Duong is spelled D-U-O-N-G, and my podcast Instagram is at What Fulfills You Pod.
0: Great, and we'll have all that in the show notes as well so that people can find you easily and tag and everything when this podcast episode goes live. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us today. Thank um, you.
1: I had so much fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great always talking to people who are, like, in the similar stage that, mm-hmm. that you're in. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I got so much, like, just – validation from knowing that I'm not the only one thinking about all these things and doing all that so that was great if if nothing else I got that out of today so thank you so much um and I can't wait to have everyone listen to the episode and direct themselves to your podcast as well
1: yay awesome (laughs) thank you so much
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gentler. If you enjoyed it, please give it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram for more self-care advice at GentlerPod. And check out our website for more info, www.begentler.com. Talk to you all soon. Bye.